Welcome to the Nate Tron Podcast. My name is Isaac Caymans. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue looking at stories of the Yang family from Titi Liang. Uh, in this episode we look at the founder of the Yang style, Yang Luchan. Uh, then we continue our discussion of the eight energies of Tai Chi Chuan from Power of Internal Martial Arts by Bruce Francis. Uh, we talk about the two energies of G and on, uh, press and push downward. Um, in the extended Patreon version, we go into much more detail. I talk a little bit more about the martial applications and things like that. Um, so you, if you want to hear 10 to 20 minutes of extended material, uh, subscribe to our Patreon at the $5 level. Um, and then our Patreon episode this week, we're going to continue from Baiwa's book, uh, and we're going to discuss the concept of Don or the forming of the Don and its relationship to the Dandian, as well as its connection to uh, spiraling energy body in our system. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support and take care of yourselves. In today's episode, we're going to start by with some stories about the Young Family Tai Chi Masters. Um, a chapter called Stories of the Masters by T.T. Leong, the, the uh, famous Tai Chi teacher who taught in America for quite a long, quite a long time back in the day. He was kind of an early uh, Tai Chi pioneer here in USA. So he starts one of the stories like this. So there, in Western Beijing, there lived a rich man named Chang who owned many houses and whose farmstead was as large as a city. He, he was addicted to military pursuits and had 30 resident boxing teachers. On learning of the outstanding reputation of the great Tai Chi master named Yang Luchan of Guangping, he entrusted his friend Wu with the mission of inviting the great master Yang to become his private teacher. When the great master arrived at his house, Chang observed that he was short, thin fellow, plainly and simply dressed, and was not very attractive of appearance. Because of this, Chang slighted him and treated him with small courtesy, and the feast provided for the teacher was less than abundant. The great master, understanding the reasons for this, poured his own wine and drank alone, as there was no one near him. Chang was displeased by this behavior and said, I've often heard Mr. Wu mention your famous name, but I don't know whether Tai Chi can be used to strike a man. So the great master Yang replied, Only three kinds of men may not be struck. Chang then asked, Who are they? The great master answered, Men of brass, men of iron, and men of wood. But besides these, there's no difficulty. Mm. Chang said, I have 30 good boxers in my house. Instructor Liu is the best among them and is capable of lifting a weight of 500 pounds. Can you do combat with him? So they stood up and started to spar. Mm. Liu's striking postures were as ferocious as a tiger's and his fists were as swift as a whirlwind. When his striking fist got close to the great master, Yang neutralized the striking force by turning his body slightly to the right. The force of the stroke was dissipated and rendered powerless. He then patted Liu lightly with his left hand and the instructor fell away more than 30 feet tumbling to the ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> classic tai chi did just slightly body movement to avoid the blow and then a light strike sends the guy sprawling yeah chang clapped his hands laughed and said what an ins what an inscrutable art then he gave orders that the food on the table should be removed and a full course manchu chinese banquet brought <laughs> for he admired and respected the great master yang as a teacher uh so <laughs> legit 
Although Liu was as strong as a bull, he could not win the bout because he had no technique. Clearly, the great master won without having a strong physique. Although a man of 70 or 80 is considered old, it is possible for him to defeat numerous men because he knows the techniques of the boxing art. Even though a man is young, it is very hard for him to fight even one or two persons if he has not mastered the art. So that's the idea from the Tai Chi classics that an old man can defeat a right. crowd of young men. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Well, Which, that's, the I older mean, I get, the harder it is to uh, believe. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think what he's saying is it's it's like, you know, if you spend a lifetime doing martial arts, it gets it should get easier, right? That like you shouldn't be using a ton of effort to mm. do your to to do your martial art, right? So definitely, you know. I mean, the key would you'd have to be keep training and keep sparring and keep testing. The better you get, you can't just right. sort of. I, half acid and, and expect to get there I, think. I don't think it's you know it's not necessarily i think old man is kind of a um metaphor for the idea of just someone who doesn't have a lot of you know someone Physical who's not strength, using strength or, right, right. That, so it's you know how does someone who doesn't have a lot of physical strength right. or has less physical strength than someone else defeat them, which is exactly what this story right. is about, right? He's like, right. he's like, yeah, this guy can pick up, you know, 500 Lee or whatever, but that doesn't mean he can, you know, move me. It's like, right. you know, that I'm not, I'm not a weight. I'm a person. Right. Oh, and there's skill. that idea of like brass and steel, like a man right. of wood, like that's heavy. So you can strike, you know, it's hard to strike mm -hmm. that. Hmm, interesting well i mean the, the yeah the idea of like um you can punch things that are stiff right mm. that are solid you can't punch water or a feather or you know the wind right right, right that makes so. sense all right so then he goes on when a man practices tai chi his bones are strong his blood and chi are abundant and his techniques will not diminish even in old age Although he's old, he is still full of the spirit of vitality. Therefore, he can defeat a great number of men. Master Yang Jianho, son of the great master Yang Luchan, once had combat with nine people. They all rushed forward at the same time to encircle and attack him. With several turns of his body, all these people were made to stumble and fall eight to ten feet away from him. Master Yang was nearly 80 years old at the time. That's impressive. It sure is. It is not mere foolish talk to say that an old man can defeat a great number of men. Speed or swiftness without technique is mere confusion, not true swiftness, and therefore is of no practical use. Swiftness with technique is true swiftness and can be put to practical use. So there you get, there you have it. At age 80, young Jenho is uh, flinging aside uh, eight attackers, and he's said to be the nice guy. You know, it was right. his brother Bonho, right. who's right, the right. badass. He's in the, I guess he didn't break anything. He just threw him to the ground 10 feet yeah, away. Yeah. You know, fighting one person is, it's pretty easy once you know, you know, some basic techniques. But once you get into fighting multiple people, your mind has to, you know, go to a different level and you have to be able to, you know, relax and do your thing without getting freaked out in a, at a much higher level. And so I think that's why it's always kind of used right. as the, the example of, the highest level is, you know, as an old guy, like basically nobody's even going to touch you, right? You know, that you're, you're going to be so good at moving out of the way and yielding and, you know, all these other things that when they try to hit you or push you, they don't get any, you know, they don't land on anything. Mm -hmm. um, 
That'd be the idea. And maybe also like not everyone who does Tai Chi is going to, or Bagua is going to get to that level. It's held up as your goal. That's the ideal is you've reached 80. The grandmaster at 80 can do it. Now, whether you can or not, it's a whole nother question, but oh yeah, it no. can be done. Right. But it's yeah, not I mean, saying that everyone who does Tai Chi is necessarily going to get there. Right, but then I've, again, a lot of other martial arts, if you're 80 years old, you're kind of crunchy and broken down. So like maybe the 80 year old Tai Chi master beats the 80 year old Muay Thai guy. The part about beating eight people is, is, um, that's braggadocious or whatever, you know, but really what he's saying is that if you practice Tai Chi, whatever level of skill you get to, um, you're going to be able to maintain it as you get older, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not something you lose as you get older. It's something that gets better, which is, you know, it's, that's true. Like you do see a lot of people who do Tai Chi who, you know, in, in internal martial arts, who as they get older, you know, don't really get lose i mean they lose some of it you know i mean everybody does but they're still able to you know do their martial art you know into their 70s and 80s with no problems um <clears throat> this is not the case with a lot of you know things where you have to fall and roll or jump and kick you know you, you just can't those kind right. of ex, you know sort of external things are much harder to do when you're old um, <laughs> you know i, I think one that. of one of the this is this is sort of points to this the philosophical thing. Um, most Western health practices have the idea that what you're going for is to be able to do the same things when you're old that you could do when you were young. The, the Tai Chi model of health isn't to do the same thing you did when you were 20. It's to do something that's refined, you know, that that's probably smaller but you know instead of being it's built on the foundation of what you did before but you're trying to make it appropriate to where you're at now yeah which is if you've done it for 80 years much more refined it's it's the same thing with musicians right usually when people think of like who's the best of of a generation right they always talk about people like hendrix stevie mm -hmm. ray vaughn these guys were in their late 20s when they died right <laughs> okay so you know what do you think that guy would have been like if he'd lived another 50 years he would have been way different right like it's not fast anymore it's mm. i mean it might still be faster than most people can play right. at that age but, but it's, it's not just based on speed and endurance like there's right, something else there there's, there's going to be some technical things in there there's going to be some feeling in there that you can't replicate just by going fast right, right. and this is the whole thing of like you're refining yourself as well as your art, right? So it shouldn't stay the same. It should change. It should, you know, be different. It doesn't have to stay exactly how it is in order for you to benefit from it, right? Right. So, you know, the idea that if I'm, if I can't squat as low now as I could when I'm 20 doesn't mean I'm not as good at it. It means I'm different, you know? It means my right. body has changed, but I can right. do a, I can do a lot of things with other parts of my body that I couldn't do with when I was 20. Right. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, I right. Know. It's There's a different, different, it's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. So a little bit more about the young family. So young Luchan, as a young man, he learns this Chen style and becomes an expert. And uh, so he heads out on the streets. Yang's disposition was very forthright and vigorous. He liked to contest with exponents of any other school or style. 
He would often go about carrying a short spear in a bag, visiting places all over northern China. Whenever he found one whose art was superior to his own, he would ask to test him. Even if the other man would refuse a match, Yang would compel him to contest. But so high was his skill that he never hurt or injured his opponent. His mastery was such that he was never defeated, and thus acquired the sobriquet, Yang the Unsurpassable. Um, says he was born in 1799 and died in 1872. So that's, uh, um, you know, life until his mid-70s. He had three sons. The eldest named Chi died young. The second was named Banho, and the third was named Jianho. Each had the ability to hand down his father's art. During the old master's lifetime, many stories about him arose, including the following incidents. When the master was in Guangping, he once had a match with a boxer on top of a wall. The man was defeated and was compelled to retreat to the wall's edge. He could no longer stand firmly. His body inclined backward and he was about to fall down. At that moment of imminent peril, Yang suddenly leaped over to the man from 30 feet away and held onto his foot, thus saving him from falling and being killed. The high jumping ability... And, well, uh, and super and, speed and morality, right? It's and compassion. It's, it's that thing of like, I could have let you fall, but I didn't because <laughs> so you're even greater master because you didn't yeah. uh, slam. It says Yang was also very adept at using the shaft of his spear. With a mere flick of his spear shaft, he could pick up any light object from the ground. <laughs> While mounted on horseback, he could shoot arrows without a bow using only his fingers. Such was his extraordinary skill that he could hit the target every time, missing not even once. Damn. So here's we got a couple more stories of Master Young. So he said he was he was sitting in his hall one day when his daughter came in holding a brass bowl full of boiling water. When she was about to step in but had not yet drawn back the screen, her foot slipped on the wet moss and she was on the verge of falling. At that moment, the old master flew to the door in one leap, held the bowl with one hand and supported his daughter's arm with the other, saving her from falling. Not even one drop of water was spilled. From this, we can see how marvelous was his art. Yeah, so here's that sort of swift mm. lightness, but also, you know, like, oh, I saved you from falling down. <laughs> it's a theme. And the ability to, like, react quicker than everybody else. He's yeah. already moving well, when somebody else is just sort of wobbling. He's already, right. like, flying. And he's old, and he's an old man. All so right. The, the, again, it's just that, that you know, it's, it's just the assumption that, you know, you say old man, most people think slow, weak. You know, right. this kind of thing, right? So even looks like that. Here it is, you know, that he doesn't have he doesn't act like you're an right. average old man, you know. <laughs> okay, so on another occasion, uh Yang Luchan was fishing on the bank of a river. Two famous Shaolin teachers were passing behind him. Ordinarily, they feared his famous reputation and did not dare to engage him in combat face to face. But now they perceived an opportunity to push him from behind so that he would fall into the river and drown and his famous name would be sullied. So they secretly agreed to attack the master simultaneously from left and right. Yang's power of vision was extraordinarily acute and he was aware from the outset that some secret plot was going on behind him. When the powerful striking force of the two men had just about come to his body, he suddenly held in his chest and straightened out his back using the technique of high pat on horse. There was only a slight lowering of his head and rising movement of his back and the two men were propelled together straight into the river. Then old Master Yang said to them, Today you are both lucky. If you are on land, I would like to use one more technique, and then you would not escape so lightly. As soon as the two men heard this, they swam speedily away. Nice. High pat on the horse. That's, 
that's not a very demonstrative movement. It's kind of like one hand comes back and the other one goes out in a like sort of a cat stance is how I think of it. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing in your back, I think it's more referring to the way when you do that pressing forward motion, you're usually kind of puffing up. You're like wrapping your shoulders and yeah, it's true. Yeah. One hand goes out as you sort of withdraw at the same time. Yeah. So there's as much going sort of back Uh uh as there is into that forward push, right? So that if you know, again, this is just that sort of classic thing in Tai Chi that you know, even if they sneak up behind you and push you from behind, you're still gonna be rooted. Mm, So you're rooted in all directions, yeah, at all times, pretty much. You're not like lunging forward with your techniques all the time you've got going you're going back equal to forward yeah i mean um uh, you'll see this with like muay thai guys usually with the coaches they're the ones who have the most sort of internal skill but what they'll do is right at the moment when the guy when the kick hits the bag that they're holding they kind of drop their shoulders and push them forward a little bit Mm-hmm. right and it, yeah. it's it's sort of that thing of you meet the force by you know yeah. you create a, a framework as it strikes right but you're not meeting it to like stop mm. it you're mm. just you're just kind of you're absorbing puffing. it kind of yeah exactly you're puffing up a little bit so that it it just goes through you right mm-hmm. and i see I, I can envision that yeah what happens to the person hitting is they basically bounce off of you because you don't you know, you you sort right. of put a spring, and then they'll bounce off. Um, so I think that's that's what this. Yeah, that reminds me of what he's talking about here for sure. And also, this speaks to that Shaolin versus Tai Chi kind of a beef, kind of like where there's sure, always yeah, a little yeah. bit of a kind of internal martial arts are always like, yeah, Shaolin isn't as great or whatever. Why? Yeah, but yeah. I also think Shaolin it can be right. in this case is it. Uh, you know, could be any external right, martial right, right, right. He's, he's just, right. Could be praying mantis or long fist or right. you know, a million different styles. But I think it, it does that emphasis of like it just reminds me of karate where there's you know just a step forward and punch type of approach is your main attack, whereas Tai Chi has that tries to be balanced in all eight directions rather than that sort of forward attack that's right. so common. And- and the idea that if two people are attacking, mm. the, the force isn't coming from one direction, it's mm. coming from two. And so you yeah. have to be, you know, extra connected or whatever. Yeah, super like balance. Yeah. One day when old Master Yang had journeyed to Bei Ping, another famous boxer heard that he was called the unsurpassable, became envious, and requested a bout. At first, Yang was unwilling. So the other boxer took Yang for a coward and pressed his challenge more vigorously. When it became clear that he could not avoid a bout, Young agreed. He laughed and said, since you're so eager to have a bout, why don't you first punch me three times? Upon hearing this, the other boxer was overjoyed. He raised his fists forthwith and proceeded to strike Young's belly with all his might. But before Young's great laugh had quite ended, the other boxer was knocked down and propelled 30 feet away. Right. I mean, I like that he, you know, he gives a a, a good sense of like, you know, this was a martial art. You know, these guys were fighters and, and what they were doing was fighting. And, right. and especially in the school that Titi Liang was a student of Chen Manqing. So I think he was kind of low key trying to correct some of the misconceptions about Tai Chi that were common in the, you know, 70s or whatever mm-hmm. when he wrote this book. 
for sure. The, the biggest one being that it was just about health and and you know right. moving slowly. That yeah, which is funny because he himself was a huge proponent of the health aspect. Right, he didn't start till he was in his late forties. And he was dying of like alcoholism right. and prostitutes and partying. And no, he sure. used right. Tai yeah, Chi yeah, to yeah. bring himself back to life. So like, but he's, yeah, he, I love how he captures all the different sides of the art in his works. All right. Advancing on the next thing we want to look at is uh, we're going to continue to talk about the eight energies of Tai Chi from uh, the power of internal martial arts and Chi by BK Francis. Um, the last time we talked about Peng and Liu, the first two energies. Ward off and roll back. So now we're going to move on to the third energy, G, which he translates as press forward. So let me just start off with what he says here. This internal energy projects forward from its source on a straight line along whichever angle you direct it, up, down, sideways, diagonally, or straight ahead. It is the primary attack technique in Tai Chi and radiates energy on the outside of the arms and the backs of the hands. Um, so that's interesting. He calls it the primary attack, whereas, you know, Pung comes first where you reach out. But Pung's not necessarily that aggressive. It's almost like a, it's like where you cross hands, you know, to start a fight or whatever. It's, like you reach out and make contact. kind of. Yeah, you neutralize kind of with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no. Uh, attack forward, at least. I mean, it, you know, it's the projection technique, right? So it... Um, it goes like a bullet, right? It, whatever direction you send it, it just goes in that direction, mm. you know? So it, it doesn't, um, you know, where it doesn't go in all directions like Pung does. or, or mm. Pung's like that upward, outward energy that goes every which way. Right. This is a direct. It's a uh, concentrated kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the simplest way to get a sense of what G is, is it's your two hands coming together at a point and going forward, right? So the um, the Star Wars fans out there, they just think of the Death Star, right? The way the, the beam kind of starts, just like a, like a triangle, goes to a point and then shoots out, that's G, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it goes out like a laser beam, which is the, what G does, right? So, and it, you know, it's the, it's the um i don't know jab of tai chi right it's the it's just the straight you know sort of whack right so okay so he says there's different levels of it you start number one is a simple straightforward punch here you put the weight behind your whole you body go. behind the strike <laughs> now the second one you project you do a punch but you project a straight line of chi from your feet through your legs torso and spine to the part of your arm or head that is hitting the opponent if you're kicking, the same thing applies. You project a straight line of energy from your supporting leg and spine to the part of your leg that is targeting the opponent. Um, so you use this to generate tremendous internal power, and uh, you're not necessarily using body weight in this case. So that's interesting. You're the first one. You just sort of lunge into them like a, like we were talking about, like a traditional punch. But this, you're projecting energy, and it's not reliant on the, the momentum and sort of lunging. This is making energy go from your foot to your hand. So the third one says one hand hits or touches the opponent while the energy of the opposite arm and hand augments and amplifies the power of the blow, whether the non-hitting hand touches the opponent or not. So you, you, uh, you, you nail them with one hand, then the other hand supports it. Well, that's, um, that's the classic movement in Tai Chi, right? You've got one hand in front, one hand in, uh, sort of pressing on the palm or the right. wrist. Right, right. It's, it's called press. 
push against it's, your it's own hand. The back hand, right? Not the one that touches the person. That that one is relaxed in this method, right? Mm. It's the one behind pushing, right? Mm. So the first and- the first one that he mentioned is is you're projecting out the hand that that touches essentially, mm. right? Then then you have the thing of it projecting out from the the behind one, hand. Right? Yeah. And he says that that uh Later, this progresses to just mentally projecting energy from the augmenting hand to the striking surface of the contacting hand or arm. So that's yes. what you're saying now. Yeah. So in this case, it's the backhand that's supplying the the chi. And then here's the fourth one, this Death Star you were talking about. Energy from both arms is first focused at a point in space beyond the actual striking surface. The energy is then projected forward from that spot, which is usually deep inside the internal organs or brain or the opposite surface of the body. For example, if you touch someone's chest, the focal point would be the spine or even a point in space beyond the spine. Yang style postures such as step forward, parry and punch, press, shoulder stroke and fan through the back typify this energetic technique. So step forward, parry and punch. Uh, Yeah, you you sort of you, you chop, you turn. You put out a punch, and there's that supporting second hand does always in, in all Tai Chi styles is touching the forearm or somewhere, right? When you go to punch. Well, it doesn't have to be touching it, but it's projecting through it. Yeah. But it's usually like hovering right there, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's a that's a that when you see that, that's like a yeah. hallmark of Tai Chi punching. So why don't we take a look at on? Um okay. on- on creates a downward movement of energy. It is a yin internal energy that can radiate energy from both yin and yang meridians of the arms and hands. It is equally attack-oriented and defensive in nature. To get a sense of what push downward is and how it works, try one of these things. In a chair with the armrests, sit down and with your palms firmly on the armrests and raise your body off the chair by pushing downward with your palms. Or if you're sitting on the ground, you know, you push yourself, push your butt off the ground by pushing down on the ground with both your palms. So that's what he describes as the push energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I've always felt that these two are, are the names are backwards, but that's just my brain that, you know, on is always. I mean, press me- and push are awfully similar. Yeah, you I could know. switch I mean, the English yeah. names for sure, right? Yeah. Um, uh, by using those palms to to shove them basically downward primarily. Yeah. So the difference, I mean, in one sense is just directional, mm-hmm. right? G is forward, on is down, but it's kind of the same mechanical thing. You know, you're pushing. It's it's still a a like a forward thing, right? Mm. Gen- or Right, your palms shove forward most of the time, but they've got the energy of pushing yourself. It's up a for, off it's a forward thing with your hand. Right, it's a down thing inside your body. So right. on is yeah. kind. It, it it's very similar to Pichuan hmm. or, or Santi, right? The idea got that sort of heavy. You've got one hand that's going straight forward, right? But the sense of overall is just everything sinking down, right? Um, so so. On is a um functionally it's a stretch and a closing of your joints. Okay. But as opposed to a stretch and an opening of your joints, which is G. Right. So if you if you just take your arm and you stretch it out, but but cl- close everything, that's the sense. So that's because that's what you do when you when you push off the chair, right? You mm. squeeze a little bit and it pushes you up. Um 
so so that's kind of the the functional thing is you're getting a lengthening of your soft tissues but you're allowing your joints to close right that's um, that yin side of it right that's what makes it a yin technique um and he's got a few things here. He, he defines the defensive and offensive uses of it. So he says you can use uh, on to counter the upward expansive energy of ward off by preventing your opponent from controlling the upward motion of your arms or body against your will. So someone's coming up with a up and out shove. You use on to be down and in and close down on top of that. It also enables you to prevent your opponent from raising their arms or legs, and it can also cause an attacking man's center of gravity to be energetically forced to the ground, making him feel as if a huge sandbag had been dropped on him. Right. So so I'm going to describe the basic push-ins pattern. And it, 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 it so the way it works is when they're doing on, you're doing pong. When they're doing G, you're doing Liu. Right. And then you trade sides, basically. And then you trade sides, right? It's a real basic pattern. So, but what it gives you is this this thing of, um, you know, it's equal and opposites, right? So, so my lifting and and opening, uh, my bending and opening, which is pung, you match that with a stretch and a close, right? Hmm. My stretch and open, which is G, you match that with a bend and a close, which is Liu, right? So. It's it's very kind of um, binary at that point, you know. It's cool. like zero and ones, right? Those you, four techniques, yeah. They all but match that's each other. kind of what this whole, you know, uh, these first four kind of give you is is a circle, right? They give you a right, and then the next four are how you start to make, you know, things that aren't circles. diagonals, right? basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also, I love the idea of the huge sandbag. That's where. You go swinging into Kumar and he just puts his arms down on you and you can't, you just sort of locks you to the ground kind of like they're just these big heavy hams that drop and stick to you and you can't seem to get out of this quicksand kind of. Right. So the, the, the difference is like, if so if you do that same motion with Pung, your arm will kind of bounce off like it springs up. If you do it with on it's like whoa. it's like so it's sort of like bouncing a tennis ball versus mm -hmm. dropping a sandbag right or mm -hmm. hacky, you know so on is just that feeling of when it drops it just mm -hmm. it doesn't nothing bounces back up right nothing mm -hmm. not knocks right you. sandbag doesn't bounce it just bumps the, the down and the, you know the 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 um the rising that is a, is a result of that downward force is what just you know kind of circulates back into the next movement so totally. it right so i mean that's why again i don't you know even though they are four different distinct things you, you really got to think of these as just the four parts of a circle right mm. because it, it never Up and out down and back yeah there's a loop that's continuous this is next this is the microcosmic orbit that by is constantly talking about is is you know, moving through that circle. And, and essentially that's the, you know, the core element of Tai Chi. Right. And, and those four moves tend to be Tai Chi's most famous. So here's the attacking motions of pu push. Um, so he's got two ideas here. It tends to make your hands incredibly heavy so that they crash through your opponent's body like steel through tin. And secondly, it can send a powerful wave of, wave of energy downward through an attacking man's body down to the boundary of an energetic aura beneath his feet. This action can sever your attacker's energetic root. 
This downward wave can spark an ascending energy wave, which, when it moves upward, causes him to be uprooted. His feet leave the ground. So rather than the sort of fajin blast of Jin, this is you shove him down, and uh, your arms are incredibly heavy, like I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> right, so if you were doing a press, right, you would be essentially picking them up, <clears throat> right? So you're... you're <clears throat> Gee, yeah, you're breaking their root by lifting them up. With on, you're breaking their root by pushing them down and it's sort of bouncing them. Right? right. So, so this is the idea of um, bouncing the basketball, waiting till right. it comes up, and then right. That's exactly the... what he says in the next paragraph. He nah, says nah, the nah. Uh, many short Tai Chi masters from Yang Luchan to Chen Manching to Liu Hongjie favored this push downward technique especially when they added a little rising ward-off energy once the basketball, the opponent's body, was already bouncing upward to make it go even higher. That's, so that's what, what you're saying right that's there. That's what sometimes gets called TIFA, right? Lift mm. and push, right? So the idea that you're not just bouncing them and pushing them straight, you're bouncing them, lifting them up just a little bit, and then right. pushing. That's the uh, cover of this book, basically. Yeah, that that was one of Bob Tangora's favorite techniques. Ah. Uh... Just bounce you up and then catch you. And just he was also a basketball player, so I think that had something to do with that. Um, okay, so uh, that concludes our discussion of the uh, energies of G and on. All right, let's check in again soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Later. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out the Instagram for images to go along with the episodes. And again, check if you want to hear the extended episodes and the Patreon episodes, go to our Patreon and subscribe at the $5 level and you'll get all of the current stuff. And if you want the full archive of everything we've ever done, plus all the interviews, uh, that is a $10 subscription per month. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves and be well.